C'est un honneur pour nous d'accueillir ce sommet pour un nouveau pacte financier mondial. Alors, je veux d'abord souligner que ce sommet est le vôtre, c'est-à-dire celui de toutes celles et tous ceux qui sont en première ligne. We come to Paris today with a heavy heart, but with hope. Mais il est un peu hors norme parce qu'en fait, il est, il est horizontal. On a un sommet où tous les pays sont à égalité. Et en plus, il y a la société civile. Et la société civile permet plus de transparence. civiles quien eh, finalmente recibe todas las decisiones políticas que tomen los gobiernos en general. Por tanto, es importante incluir a la ciudadanía que se han escuchado. considering a new finance pact, it must be a pact that supports an equitable fossil fuel phase-out in conjunction with an equitable renewable energy phase-in. À mon avis, le sommet était une réussite parce qu'il a permis deux choses. Il a permis d'abord de cristalliser un certain consensus. Et quand on voit d'où on partait en termes de fossés et de divergences nord-sud, c'est très important. Tout le monde n'est pas entièrement sur la même ligne, mais au moins, il y a une vision commune qui a été exprimée. Et puis, il a permis aussi d'avoir un certain nombre de délivrables, qui sont des décisions concrètes ou des quasi-décisions, parce qu'elles seront vraiment mises en œuvre par les prochains rendez-vous internationaux. Par exemple, euh, au G20 de New Delhi ou encore à Marrakech au moment des réunions de printemps du FMI et de la Banque mondiale, où là, on verra ces institutions évoluer. Nous, au Forum de Paris sur la paix, en novembre, on aura un autre moment de suivi du sommet sur certains points qui sont un peu orphelins, qui ne seront pas traités par le G20, qui ne seront pas traités par la COP28 qui suivra. Et on pourra transformer, disons, ce moment-là en décisions concrètes et continuer la conversation en quelque sorte de la méthode de Paris ou de la doctrine de Paris qui a été initiée pendant ce sommet. Welcome back and good evening ladies and gentlemen to the 78th episode of Please Call Me Crazy. David Penn guest hosting tonight for Royce White. Very excited to be here. Lots to go over. Lots to go over. It's very serious, but it's great to be here with you. I guess that's my uh, that's my benefit. I get to spend time with the Please Call Me Crazy community. And a more important community does not exist in the United States of America because we 
our truth media. We are the people that are seeking the truth. We are the people that are supporting the patriot economy. We are the people that are trying to maintain freedom in these United States of America. We started out, you know, I was thinking when I was watching that, first of all, I don't have to worry about it getting us clipped because nobody's watching it. There's been like 3,000 views. That's about as important a video as you can find in the world today. And they lay it all out there for you. I mean, they said, hey, this is all about a new currency conference, you know, the first time in 75 years since the Bretton Woods Agreement. And I know Royce has talked about it, has talked about Bretton Woods with this audience, with this community a lot. The Bretton Woods Agreement established the dollar. <clears throat> That'd be the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency at the end of World War II. And that conference, Bretton Woods, was attended by uh, many, many countries. I mean, everybody was in on it. The Chinese were there. The English was there. Everybody said, yep, yep, it's the time for the United States to run the show. And these people, these world leaders, 51 of them, including Janet Yellen, our Treasury Secretary, and John Kerry, our Climate Envoy, all gathered with all these other countries and leaders to discuss a new currency regime. And they say it right there. They're looking for a world that is beyond fossil fuels. And this is a con. It's a long con. What they want me to accept and what they want you to accept is a lifetime of poverty and servitude based on a climate crisis and the need for social equity. <clears throat> there was a lot of talk in that piece about the North and the South. What they were talking about is the colonizers and the colonized to redress the systemic inequalities that are associated with the history of the world and to remove from the world the benefit of fossil fuel energy. So we're all going to be poor because without fossil fuels, that's what awaits us. And we're supposed to be poor to address the social equity issues. So we're going to remove the differences between people and countries. We're all going to accept our poverty in the name of protecting the earth and redressing historical wrongs. And then what this is really all about is imposing a new central digital, a centralized digital, digital can't even say it because it's the end of freedom, imposing a new centralized digital currency regime which will then control us, manipulate us, and maintain a kind of feudalism that has not been seen in this world in hundreds of years. And doesn't it look great? Didn't, wasn't the music uplifting? Everyone was so happy. These are cultists. And if we're going to have an end to this that comes out for you and comes out for me in a way that we maintain our freedom and our prosperity, these people need to go before the truth commissions and explain to us why they've done these things to the American people. That's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. You're entitled to your opinion. We're still free. And that's because we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, 
that they are endowed by their creator with creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We can see it for ourselves, that all men and women are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, that would be God, with certain unalienable rights, rights that cannot be taken away from me, that can't be taken away from you. You gotta give them up voluntarily because they're unalienable. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You can see the con. The con is they want us to give these rights up to save the earth and to redress the wrongs of the colonial period. We're in a long con. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about it. We're going to thank Free People Radio for giving us a forum to talk about these serious issues. And our Patriot Economy sponsors, TireGet.com, TireGet, T-I-R-E-G-E-T.com, 14,000 different kinds of tires in stock for all your tire needs. It's a win-win. You get what you need for your vehicle, and you support this broadcast. MyBookie.com, MyBookie, where you can go get some skin in the game on any sporting event. Very customer-friendly, very user-friendly. Please, MyBookie.com and GhostBed.com, where we can go for a restful night's sleep. These are our Patriot Economy sponsors, and I'm going to come right up front, and and I'm just going to share with you. Spend money with these people. Spend your money. You vote with your money every day. Spend your money with our sponsors, please, because they need your money to continue to sponsor us, and we need their sponsorship to continue to be in a community with you. And if we're going to build this movement, as you and I have decided to do, I mean, this is why we're doing this. We need our sponsorship to grow. We need our cash to grow because it takes money to do this. And thank you for your support. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Well, there's no more support. uh, There's no support that's more important, let me say it this way, than that which we would get from the supernatural world. This whole battle, this whole fight, is between the forces of the intellect, the human intellect, that seek to remove God from the equation of human life and those people that know there is a creator that grants us unalienable rights. So please join me. Please join me in Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating the light and the dark. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating me in your image. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me an American. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for making me free. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for healing the blind. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for feeding the people. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for releasing the bound. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for raising up the downtrodden. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for creating the heavens and the earth. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for providing for all my needs. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for directing my path. 
Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for our America and America's courage. Blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for crowning America with glory. And blessed are you, God and King of all worlds. Thank you for restoring strength to the weary. And if you're weary, that's to be expected. Expected. We're under a lot of stress. Those of us that know what we face and what's going on, those of us that have eyes to see and ears to hear, first of all, we're living in a world where a lot of people are just not, they're just not down with what's going on. They're still taking their blue pills. So if you're awake to this, you know, you've got resistance in your own life. You know, someone asked me, and if I said this, please, please humor me. Someone asked me a question. They said, why didn't the Jews accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Well, first of all, many of them did, and we know that because there's Christians. But why are there still a distinct, why is there still a distinct Jewish people that's separated out from Christianity? And I, I'm going to say we see it right here, right now. You know, sometimes you can see things in a different context and understand why things were thousands of years ago. Why do we have American citizens that are unwilling to accept this truth, this truth that you and I see so clearly, that we're getting together to train in, to form a community, to get action going, to implement a strategy, to keep up with this together, to learn one from another? Why are these people not joining with us? Well, there's many reasons. Some of them are simple, and they just can't get it. Some of them are evil. They are, you know, they need to come before the truth commissions and explain to us why they did this. Some of them are really disabled. But a vast majority of this group that are not joining with us, they're on the payroll. You know, who was Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ was a rebel leader. Who was he rebelling against? He wasn't rebelling against the Romans. He was rebelling against the Jewish hierarchy in the Sanhedrin, the leadership of his party, of his Jewish party that had formed an alliance with the Romans and had sold out. And they sold out for what? For money. They were on the payroll. And they sold out for safety because, of course, if you didn't sell out, they crucified you. So he was rebelling against the the sellout of the leadership, which then, of course, spread out through the whole community. People were on the payroll. Isn't that exactly what's going on in America today? Do we not have millions of people that are on the government payroll or somehow their job or their livelihood is re related to some kind of government support and they don't have the courage to risk losing that money as if God won't take care of them? that their faith is in the, the hands of men, in the hearts, the evil hearts of men that seek to control them rather than in the Father of all creation. It just happens over and over again. There's nothing new under the sun. But people are waking up step by step, step by step. I, I looked up, um, just to be a little bit more informed for our get-together tonight, I looked up um, what this currency conference touted as their great achievements. And interestingly, 
They don't talk about why they're really getting together. Their press release doesn't talk about central digital currencies. They don't, they don't talk about it. And why would they? Because we're on to them. They're keeping it on the down low. Like in the last episode when we played Herman Kahn from the Hudson Institute and his associate there, Dr. Wiener, was talking about using crises to impose social controls that the people actually ask for. We have to ask for this. We have to ask to give up our freedom. For what? For convenience. The convenience of materialism and the convenience of safety. We're asking for it. Oh, please, please. Oh, please, Mr. Government. Can I please get my material high from you? Can I please get my safety from you? We're giving it up. And when they get us all herded into the, you know, into the camp, the camp of uh, tyranny, they're going to swing the door closed when the central bank digital currencies come out. And guess what? That's the end, right? It'll take a lot of work at that point to get our freedoms back. Now, freedom always comes back. We wax and wane through this throughout history. But a little bit of prevention right now, a little prevent. well, we need a lot of prevention, but prevention now is going to prevent a lot of cure coming up down the road. So they're hiding who they are. They're still hiding it. They don't want us to know. They don't want us to know. They don't want us to know that these central bank digital currencies are going to be the end of freedom. Well, you know what we can do? What we can do is enjoy the cash that we have. You know, Royce played uh, in the big three Sunday, this past Sunday. It was not a good day. He got injured, and the power lost. So there's a whole bunch of teams, four and two. Four and two, a bunch of teams. Nobody's five and one. The league is very even. That means the last leg of the season is going to be very exciting. And I'm going to urge you to go to mybookie.com, mybookie.com. And let's, I'm not going to urge you, I'm going to ask you. I can't demand, of course, because that would be rude and inappropriate. But let's support mybookie.com. Go there. I don't care if you bet or not. I'm not telling you to become a gambler. I'm telling you to support mybookie.com. Put 20 bucks on the power. Put 50 bucks on the power. Put some skin in the game. It'll make the viewing all that much more enjoyable. For those of you who took my counsel and went to CBS this past Sunday, the big three got bounced for a PGA tournament event. Okay, they'll be back next week. They're on CBS and they're getting great viewership, just not as big as the P PGA. Of course, it's all about the money, right? It's media, legacy media, not truth media. We're all about working together to find the truth. They're all about creating a narrative and getting the cash. Two different kinds of approaches to broadcasting. We need mybookie.com to know that our Please Call Me Crazy audience is supporting them. So go there. When you go there and you use promo code, promo code Royce, you're going to get some money, actual money if you win, which you can redeem up to 1000 bucks as part of your betting experience there on that very customer-friendly website. Uh, the Powers plan again next weekend. I'm going to give you more information about this during the week. It's, it's going to be a scrum. There's a bunch of teams, four and two. We're getting down to the last leg of the season. It's going to be exciting. I am going to go there and lay a bet down. 
please join me. Well, why don't they tell the truth? Why don't this currency conference, this international currency conference, just admit that what they're really working us towards is digital currency? Why don't they admit it? Because we're getting on to the con. A con fails when the marks, or the mark, in this case I'm the mark, wakes up and says, hey, wait a second. They're trying to take something from me that I really don't want to give. The con only works when the mark voluntarily gives the con man or con woman what they're asking for. Now, this is a big ask. They're asking for us to give up our freedom and our prosperity. That's a big ask. And how do they do it? If we don't give up our freedom and our prosperity, we're all going to die in a climate crisis. Whoa. They've been setting this up for a long time. I was talking to a father who's got a son at a major university in Arizona, and he was telling me that his son was complaining to him that in his classes, they're just continuously re reiterating and reemphasizing that we're all going to die because of climate. You know what? I'd rather die of climate than a tyranny. That's just me. Because of the solution to climate is tyranny. I'd rather die by the hand of the earth than by the hand of an evil man. That's just me. Maybe you agree. But there's a lot of disagreement about this climate issue. And, uh, you know, part of the defeating the con idea is to bring forward people and information that undermines the con man's foundational work and the in and in and the last hurrah, which is we've been talking about this. Tanner, can you play this um, piece about John F. Clauser? It's just a fantastic situation to stand on the shoulders of giants. It really lays the foundation for quantum information science today. Things like quantum entanglement, it's not a bug of nature, but actually a feature. Clauser's story is actually, few people believed it was a versatile work. We can use them to do interesting things that we can't do classically, and it's, it's just the beginning. The Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences has this morning decided to award the 2022 Nobel Prize in Physics in equal share to Alain Aspin, John F. Clauser, and to Anton Seilinger. So what did Clauser actually do in the experiment? He figured out a way how to create entangled photon pairs and then measured uh, very carefully the correlations of polarization states in pairs of photons, which then allowed him to show that Bell's inequality is broken, and indeed quantum mechanics features entanglement and non-locality. All light that's all around us is made out of light particles, and these particles of light, uh, those are photons. If you have two light particles, they can be entangled meaning that uh, even if they're very far away from each other, opposite ends of the universe maybe, uh, the information in these particles can be linked in ways that can't be explained by classical physics. So basically, photons can wiggle in different ways. They can wiggle this way or they can wiggle that way. And uh, that is called polarization. So you can have horizontal or vertical polarization for a photon. 
And now, as photons are quantum particles, they cannot only wiggle in one direction, but they can wiggle in both directions at the same time. This property of polarization, horizontal and vertical polarization between two photons can be extremely strongly correlated, such that when one photon is in the vertical polarization, the other one is going to be bound to be in the horizontal polarization and vice versa. And uh, this is a very powerful property of photons that makes them suitable for tests of entanglement and also for use in quantum information applications. There are a lot of exciting possibilities for using uh, quantum information. As in classical information, where you use bits that are either zero uh, or one. In quantum information, uh, the basic unit is a quantum bit or a qubit. And a qubit can uh, be more complicated. It can be zero or one or zero and one at the same time or somewhere in between. My work is basically uh, trying to control quantum systems to a level that you can actually create such superposition states. One day we hope to build uh, large-scale quantum computers with millions or billions of quantum bits or qubits. And with this evolution comes the uh, ability to use these quantum systems actually for technological applications. But the only way that uh, these computers will be able to do what we hope they can do is if all of these qubits are entangled in this delicate way. This Nobel Prize uh, is really honoring the first steps towards that. And then they got two particles entangled and showed what you can do with it. And hopefully in the future, we'll be able to get millions of them entangled. You know, I have a particular, particular uh, angle on beating up on Columbia University because I got a daughter there and it drives me nuts. But this is an interesting story um, about this John Clauser. John Clauser, as they said, won that Nobel Physics Prize and they very well explained why he won it and how his technology or how his insight can be applied through uh, technology, applied technology. But, you know, Clauser, Clauser's an interesting dude. Clauser, uh, he was the, the child of academics. Uh, he, um, he spent his entire life working for the security state uh, at the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. This guy has worked for the government his entire life. He got that PhD at Columbia, and I, I told my daughter, hey, she's smart. I said, you know, they're going to recruit you to work for the government. Columbia spawns a lot of spooks. That's what it does. That's who it is. And that's what it's always been since uh, Woodrow Wilson uh, kind of uh, elevated it when he created the, um, the wise men that looked forward into the future after World War I. That was the, the, the birthplace of the Council on Foreign Relations, Chatham House, and the Foreign Affairs Magazine, which we're going to talk about. We talk about it a lot. It's a very spooky place. Henry Kissinger teaches there. Hillary Clinton teaches there. Spook, 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 spook. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, interesting things. Get a lot of pushback. Clauser won this, this uh, Nobel Prize. And as I said previously and why I'm dwelling on it, we've got to defeat this con. And the way we defeat the con is... We wake the marks up. We wake the marks up. I, I urge all of you to watch the movie The Sting with Robert Redford. It says circa 1970. Most of you probably never heard of it. It's in color. It's not a black and white. You can get through it. Watch, 
please go watch this thing. It talks all about the stages and working somebody through a con. I mean, I have lots of con stories. I'll probably tell some of them because it's really important that we understand we are the marks and Clouser, this towering figure of physics, not basket weaving, physics. No sooner did he get this Nobel Prize than he came out and he said that the whole climate issue, you know, was a scam, a scam. Last week, Clauser, this is two weeks ago now, Clauser observed that misguided climate, sci- misguided climate science has, quote, metastasized into a massive shock journalistic pseudoscience. He continued, these are quotes, in my opinion, there is no real climate crisis. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. When people of this stature in the academic world, in the scientific world, stand up right after getting the Nobel Prize, when they're in the public spotlight, and they say, hey, this whole climate crisis is a scam, there's no evidence to support it, and that it's putting countries, the economies of countries, and billions of people at risk, which is what he said. This man has got courage. This guy, you're never too old to grow a set of principles. This is a man who spent his entire life working for the government. His entire life. Now, probably with the Nobel Prize, there was a stipend. He might be independently wealthy now. I don't care why. That's irrelevant to me. For some reason, a very key person in the world of science has said, up yours, you're lying to the people. Now, they're going to suppress this, but what I'm going to, what I'm going to suggest, and you're going to see as part of the strategy, this, this piece about uh, the con coming through your feed, send it out to everybody you know. Send this out. Let everybody you know that Professor John Clauser, Nobel Prize winner in physics, a physics Nobel Prize winner, a top thinker, it doesn't get any smarter than this or more accomplished than this, a man who determined the relationship between photons, their entanglement, which has led to this whole revolution in quantum computing, which is artificial intelligence, which is going to get us clipped out, right? I mean, do you really trust these people? Do you trust the clone army? I don't trust the clone army, and it's coming. Clauser, whose work was fundamental, the cornerstone, he said, hey, there's no crisis. No crisis. He grew a set of principles. Spread his insight out. Let your friends, your families, your neighbors, and your coworkers know about this. Let them know. Get all the information you need, and we're going to make it easier for you and easier for you and easier for you to take these facts, because this is a fact. The fact is he did with the Nobel Prize. His work is groundbreaking. He is a physicist. He worked for the government his entire life, and he said that the entire narrative being presented by our government, we the people, our government, us, we're being lied to by our own government. He's breaking the con down. 
He's not in on the con. He's not doing the in and in. He's doing the in and out. He's out. Now he's going to lose all of his friends, all of his colleagues. He's going to be ostracized. He'll probably lose all of his research grants. He's going to be moved out of the mainstream of science. And he's old. He's probably going to die soon. But when he dies, he'll die knowing he told the truth. Let's spread his truth. Let's strengthen him and support him. He's brave. Brave beyond what any of us can understand. I salute him. I pray for him. I thank God for his honesty. And I'm going to keep coming back to him because what he's doing is he's kicking out the cornerstone of the con. And what we got to do is get our marks, our fellow citizens, woken up. And they got to see it for themselves. Tanner was struggling with finding the link. That's because I'm changing our format and our scripts so that our scripts can much more readily be distributed. So we're going to have this free people site coming up soon. You'll be able to go there, download it, send it out. Join us in the crowdsourcing effort, the crowdsourcing effort. And who are we fighting? We're fighting the crypt keepers. Let's try this again, Tanner. Let's look under number three, and let's play Mitch McConnell, the crypt keeper, to start out this next segment. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, we're on a path to finishing the NDA uh, this week. It's been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of uh, If you're listening and now watching, Mitch McConnell just went comatose in front of a press conference. He's standing there. I, you know, I don't even know how to describe this. It's the some seven yards there is what that is. That's, the seven yards. That's there. The, called the seven yard stair, Tanner. Just looking at nothing. He's just out there. Now his friends are coming up to him. There's Senator John Barrasso from Wyoming talking to him. Senator Thune behind him. From this is the center of the Uni Party surrounding him here. Up, oh, they're going to take him off the stage. He doesn't know where he is. They're all concerned. So this what do we is do the, with uh, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the IRA. And, um, of course, uh, uh, if you look at the ultimate impact of the IRA and what's happening with the economy in the country today, prices continue to rise uh, above the uh, Fed's 2% inflation rate and way above the historical average. So the American people continue to deal with the economic impacts of, of high inflation generated by the IRA. And um, also you've got now uh, new studies out, the Congressional Budget Office, the Joint Committee on Taxation have both come out with studies that suggest that provisions in the NRA, or IRA, I should say, uh, that deal with... Thank you. I just let left Senator Thune go there for a second because you're looking at the uni party. He wants to be the successor to uh, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's obviously played out. We got a president, President Biden. He phases in and out of reality. We don't know where he's coming from. We got a vice president that makes a sack of rocks look intelligent. Sorry, it's my opinion. But we just have to go with her presentation. And her presentation is not impressive. Now we got this guy flaming out. 
We got a leadership in this country that averages 462 years old, much like the Republican Party. You take a look at these parties. These people are old. Now, let's say there's a climate crisis, or let's say there's an argument about the climate crisis, or let's say there's a disagreement and the con's breaking down. I think we need younger people, people like this audience, people like Royce White in his 30s. Let's have term limits. Let's not let these people meander on past their shelf life lest they lose it and bad decisions get made because they're no longer functioning at their highest possible level. And some of these people, their highest possible level wasn't too high. Let's remember, we got the good, we got the bad, we got the simple, and we got those that have no capacity to inquire. That's what we got. I mean, everybody's got all these different groups. Let's just look at it at the intelligence level. We got some very smart, good people. We got some very smart, evil people. We got some people that are kind of simple, and we got some people that are disabled. We got to take care of all these people one way or the other. We need younger people who are staying up with the literature and who are young enough to be flexible in their thinking because look what's happening to our country. Come on. I'm supposed to believe this stuff is an accident? I do not believe it's an accident. I'm just past that. I know this stuff is coordinated. That's why they call me Professor Penn, because I do my homework. I look it up. I read it. And then I go, my gosh, I can't believe they wrote this down. Like the foundation work on the climate crisis, the Club of Rome. Go to Wikipedia and just read about the Club of Rome. It'll take you five minutes. Five minutes. You'll see it for yourself. You must see it for yourself. What are we doing here together? Well, I'm trying to be entertaining, but you can tell it's a Monday. It was a long, hard weekend. I'm very serious today. There's a lot going on. I, I wish I could be funny. I mean, who knows? It's early. I got 45 minutes to go. But I'm really focused on working on this strategy with you. What is the strategy? The strategy is why we're doing Free People Radio. Why we have Please Call Me Crazy. Why we have the Professor Penn Podcast. And please go there and subscribe to the Professor Penn Podcast because we're building up an ecosystem of content that's searching for the truth. The strategy is to get control of our political process as we the people and wrest that control away from the elites who we have given our power to, you know, for years. I mean, they've taught us for years. Oh, hey, you know what? Your civic duty is vote every two years. I voted. I'm a citizen. That was a scam. We are a self-governing republic. This place only works as a republic. This place only provides human freedom if all of us get involved in the strategy in some way, shape, or form. If we just passively take it, they'll take it. If we just passively sit back, they're going to take everything we have, starting with our money, inflation. That's called piracy. It's piracy. They're taking it away, taking everything we have. So, we, you know, we have this strategy. We've been talking about it. Everybody has to take a role. One of the most important cornerstones of the strategy is for those of you that are so motivated to get involved in your local political party 
whether it's Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter. Now, I have said, and I am an officer of the Republican Party of Minnesota, the new party, and I got big news about that coming up down the road. Exciting news. Uh, it's actually funny. <laughs> that is funny. Anyhow, you get involved in the party, we're going to share with you how to do it. We're going to actually provide you with a blueprint so that you know how these secret societies work. For example, you know, on the 13th of August, I'm a state central committee delegate here in the Minnesota Republican Party. You know, they didn't even send out emails to most a lot of the people. They actually, oh, it went into my spam. Whatever. People aren't even getting notified. People don't know what to do. People are calling me up and saying, hey, what do we do at the state central committee? Well, you know what? Those people, I'm going to tell them what we do. We're going to go in with a game plan. That's unprecedented. The party wants us to go there like sheeple and raise our hand and say, I, I agree. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. We have an opinion. We're American citizens. We're party officers. We're participating in the political process. We're not looking for unity. We're looking for a new party. Oh, I got great news about this. I can barely hold it back. But let me get through the strategy. Some of you, some of you are going to get into the parties. Please, we need you. And you'll be able to come to us. We'll be able to work with you and get you in. In the live chats, I actually have people communicating with me. If you're watching a live chat, party officers, and how you doing today? Welcome. Thank you. I hope you're watching. I love talking to the party officers. It's great. We want all the party officers watching Please Call Me Crazy and the Professor Penn podcast. But let's say you don't want to be in the party. You could pray. You could pray for America. That's why we start out with a prayer. You could study. You could see it for yourself so that you can speak intelligently to all the people that are around you, that all the people that you're interacting with. And we're going to make that easier and easier for you. We're going to let you be an editor so that you're participating in the crowdsourcing. Whoa, is that important? You can go to the streets. We need people in the streets with signs that say, no support for war. I'm anti-war. We got to get out in the streets. And I don't mean violently. I mean in the long tradition of civil protest that underlies our Republican political process. This is very important. Let us not just passively take this. We got to push back. We got letter writers out here, people that are going to identify their elected officials and write them every day. And it's my contention that if any senator got 100,000 emails on one subject, they change their mind. Because who wants to give up their job in, in show business? I'm going to tell my show business jokes soon. That's funny. That's really funny. We don't have time today, but I'm going to work it in soon. Now, I have two new roles that you can take that I didn't get to, in addition to paying cash for everything to gum up all of their digital goals and to support the patriot economy, which we've talked about. Every, every podcast, we talk about that. But I got two roles I haven't mentioned. We need candidates. Who's going to run for office? Who would like to get into the game at that level? Who would like to get in the game of politics by running for office? School board, city council, county commissioner. You know, they've taught us with federalism 
that the game is in Washington, D.C. Boy, that is really a scam. The more we look to Washington, and they all do it. I mean, that's the big news, right? Washington? Oh, such a scam. The big news is in your backyard. It's your neighborhood. You want to fix Washington? Go fix your backyard. Become a precinct captain. Go to precinctstrategy.com and learn how to get in the game of politics. Critical. Looking forward to interviewing Dan Schultz soon to talk about this. But some of you might want to be candidates. We need school board candidates, city council candidates, county commissioner candidates, water conservation candidates, candidates for judges. Hey, you know, not all the attorneys are bad, just most of them. Are you an attorney watching this that is imbued with sacred honor? Then please become a judge. We're going to have to give up financial gain to save the country. We can either serve God or mammon. Make a choice, make a decision, and live with your decision. I'm going to tell you, I've made my choice. Do you know I could be a super wealthy person? I mean, really, I could almost be, I wouldn't be at the big boys' table, but I'd be on their payroll, right? I'd be a familiar. I'm talking about being really wealthy. And you know, I made a decision not to do that, and it was a conscious decision not to take that money. Not unlike Royce telling the NBA, up yours, because they wouldn't accommodate his anxiety issues. Well, I had an anxiety issue too. I had an anxiety issue. I didn't want to work for people that were assholes. I didn't want to take money that I knew was going to cost you your job. And I backed out of that. And I've had many, many sleepless nights since then. Sleepless nights. Sleepless. That's why I want to go myself, and I'm asking you to go to GhostBed. GhostBed.com. We need to spend money at GhostBed. Please go to GhostBed.com right after the podcast. They have pillow sheets and all the accoutrements for your bedroom. They got mattresses, everything with a kind of super cooling technology that will keep you cool when you sleep, give you more restful sleep. Now, you know, we've talked a lot about human well-being that I'm about the politics of well-being. If it is a policy that enhances the well-being of the American people, I'm all for it. If some people lose and some people win and some people are going to get screwed and be unhealthy because of a policy, I oppose it. We need policy that 70% of the people can get behind. And when we have policy that's about human well-being, hey, if you're on the other side of human well-being, like Mrs. I'm against protecting children, Stand up and raise your hand so we can see who you are, and then go join the American Nazi Party where you belong, okay? We want to have policies that enhance well-being, and we want sponsors, sponsors that enhance well-being. I love the ghost bed concept, so please go to ghost bed, use promo code ROYCE, 40% off their catalog, 40%. Because they want to see if they give a big discount. If you, you the viewer, who benefits from Royce White's beautiful analysis, is going to go spend a little bit of money to support them so they can support us. Please, I want to get a report from that advertiser tomorrow that a thousand of you went to ghost bed and kicked in. A little bit. I'm not asking for a thousand bucks unless you need a mattress. Now, if you need a mattress, whoa! You're getting on the cutting edge of mattresses. So please go to Ghostbed, 
support them, support this patriot economy anytime you can support that patriot economy. But we need candidates. We need donors. We're going to set it up so that you can just directly put money into the program so that you can give us the support that you may. If we don't get the support, and that's the entire truth media. I mean, many of you watch Fearless with Jason. I know a lot of you watch Bannon. You watch John Frederick. I mean, there's a whole conservative ecosystem out there of people, and we're all taking a a different track, but, you know, like different spokes going to the same hub. You can enter on any spoke, but when you walk down that road, you get to the hub. And what's the hub? Freedom. Freedom. Granted to you by a creator who loves us and wants us to be well. And when we all get to that hub together, so many of the problems that are tearing our society apart are going to fall away. We need to refresh our country. And it happens every 80 or 100 years. It's nothing to be surprised about. We have to take action. We have to take action. We have to take action. Tanner, if you go to Section 4, Old Friends, there's a link there about Henry Kissinger. Can you pop that up, the Old Friends, please? The U.S. and China are at a crossroads, but there's still a chance for them to prosper in peaceful coexistence. Well, that's what Chinese President Xi Jinping had to say when he met with former U.S. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger in Beijing. Mr. Xi referred to the elder politician as an old friend who will never be forgotten. Mr. President, it is a great privilege to be able to visit China, and it is extraordinarily courteous of you to arrange the meeting in Villa 5 of the State Guest House, where my first meeting with a Chinese leader the Chinese leader also hailed Mr. Kissinger's efforts to open up bilateral ties back in the 70s. Mr. Kissinger also stressed that relations between the superpowers are essential to peace in the world. He has been paying regular visits to China since stepping down from the post. But Washington has made it clear that the veteran statesman is not representing the U.S. on this visit. Well, Henry Kissinger's been in China over 100 times, and so has Professor Penn. Uh, I've gone a little bit farther. Both of my daughters speak fluent Mandarin. That'll tell you something about their mother. And I have studied uh, Chinese culture. I don't do it full-time anymore, and I'm not saying I mastered it. But I spent 25 years of my life uh, fully engaged at... Uh, 
the most profound levels of trying to understand and integrate myself into this culture for all kinds of different reasons. And uh, there's a lot of beauty and depth in Chinese culture. And I don't ever want to be perceived as being anti-Chinese culture, historical culture, because um, I've devoted my life to it, and it has an influence on my life every day, every breath. I mean, those people that are are following the Professor Penn podcast, and we talk about well-being a lot there. I talk about centering and awareness and, uh, you know, moving from your big toe, moving from your hips, making everything simple and easy, being relaxed. We talk about yin yang. I mean, where did I get all this stuff from? Well, I got it from a Chinese guy. That's where I got it from. And I've told the story that, you know, back in the day, right when the United States occupied um, Asia, and they occupied Asia, let's just face it, Korea, Okinawa, Japan, all those islands that were conquered by the U.S. military coming across to fight the Japanese Empire between uh, 42 and 45, when the war was over, the United States was in charge and in control of the Asian theater. And the integration, which had never really happened before, the integration of Asian thinking or Asian philosophy, and quite frankly, Asian practice. They're very good at killing people over there. Uh, That just was unprecedented. I mean, this was the, the time at which the Asian philosophy found its way into American culture. And, you know, we have many people that uh, became quite prominent because of what they learned from Asian people. Chuck Norris is is one of those people. Uh, You know, we still talk about Bruce Lee, all these martial movies and, you know, Jet Li. I mean, this fantastic display of human capabilities, really that all started with people being trained in uh, self-defense by uh, Asians, Chinese, Koreans, that interface with the U.S. military, Japanese martial arts that interface with the U.S. military at the end of World War II. And we have this huge industry. Well, it's not that huge, but it's a lot of people. It's a lot of money that are out there teaching, um, you know, self-defense to kids and to, you know, young adults, even older adults today. It's not a big money deal. People do it as a labor of love. But if you're in a martial arts organization that has two or 300,000 people, you know, that's a lot of money that's flowing uphill to somebody. Now, the way martial arts are are taught in 2023, that's not the way I learned them, okay? It's become quite, um, the martial art, the traditional martial art, has become quite philosophical in its application in the real fighting arts in the MMA, which is something Royce does. Um, There was no MMA in the 1970s. We just beat the urine out of each other, to be frank with you, and... uh, we had a good time doing it. I was young, and I couldn't think of anything else better to do with my time. And I was trained by experts, and it was fantastic. Uh, but we learned a lot. We learned about the Asian culture and the Asian philosophy. And here's Henry Kissinger in the center of Chinese power. And he's influencing, and he's being influenced by, as a civilian, President Xi. And there's this great potent scene of the man who basically created the rapprochement 
between the United States under President Nixon, under Nixon and Deng Xiaoping, actually was Ma, Ma was still alive. The first time Kissinger and Nixon went to China, Mao was still alive. It was Mao that started the ball rolling, and he was replaced by uh, Deng, and Deng opened the country to Western development. And we went down this road, and Kissinger is an architect, maybe the architect of the New World Order, the modern New World Order. He wasn't the guy with the money. He was the functionary that actually took their ideas and operationalized them in a political strategy, like, you know, Sir John Galton. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a political strategy implementing a philosophical idea of globalism. And he's still trying to make it work. Kissinger, at 100 years old, is concerned about the conflict that exists between the United States and China. And it exists for really for one reason. The Chinese, uh, you know, they were totally down with this uh, globalist program. But secretly, they harbored the goal of running the program. See, they think us Americans are lazy and stupid. We're pretty lazy, and a lot of us are pretty stupid. So they have good evidence for it. And they figure that uh, they need to liberate us from all our money, and they want all the cash over there. They want to dominate us the way the colonial period and you know the opening period between the United States and China the United States dominated the Chinese. It's called payback. And Kissinger's looking at this, and he, you know he's very ritualistic, and he knows that China has a very favorable view when people get to 100 years old, so as a private citizen, as if, as if I believe that. He's over there trying to weave back together a more connected, less conflict-oriented orientation between the United States and China. And what he's doing is he's saying... Oh, I'm traveling to China. Do you notice that all of the meetings are happening in China? Anthony Blinken's going to China. Jake Sullivan's going to China. The director of the CIA's going to China. Janet Yellen's going to China. Everybody's going there. But when you're in your business, does your boss come to your office to discuss business matters, or do you go to the boss's office? Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Our current administration and the people who have put in place this globalist architecture are now going to the Chinese like they're the boss. Now, maybe our people are holding out. Maybe they're being as tricky as the Chinese have been for the last 20 years. I don't know. But one thing's for sure. One thing is for sure. The symbolism of these meetings cannot go unnoticed. They just cannot go unnoticed. All the meetings are happening in China, and the crypt keepers are the ones doing the talking. Look how young and vigorous President Xi looks compared to that centurion, Henry Kissinger. You know, people used to hate Kissinger. I guess if you live long enough, people love you just because you made it that long. But we have a real problem here we have a real problem. Our current administration, and we talked about this last week, is opening our borders again to trade with China. The very restrictions that were put in place 
during the Trump administration to protect American workers and American production are being step-by-step unwound by the Biden administration. Now, they're going to say they're unwinding it because the American people are suffering with inflation. You know what? That's like putting a Band-Aid on a chest wound. That's not why they're doing it. That's a scam, too. They're doing it because they're in business with the Chinese. They want a global governance. They want one world governance. And they want central bank digital currencies to replace these fiat currencies so that every one of us are under control. They want us to give up using fossil fuels so we don't have cars, so that we can only walk 15 minutes from our little apartments that they plan to give us. These people are getting the human population under control. And remember what they're teaching your children and my children, my kids, my beautiful kids. They love the earth so much, they hate themselves. Isn't that great? Isn't that great what they're teaching our kids? And I'm paying Columbia University. Well, actually, I'm not paying. I'm paying, but I'm not writing the checks. Mrs. Professor Penn's writing those checks because I won't do it. I guess I could say you're totally cut off, but after all, they're my family. They put me in a real bind. I don't want to give this money to Columbia because these are the kind of institutions that produce the elites that create this global governance, the intention of which is to control us and make us hate ourselves. That's my truth. That's what I'm sharing with you. Please call me crazy. Please call me crazy. You have to find it for yourself. You must discover it for yourself. And all over the world, all over the world, there's crisis and trauma and anxiety and perturbation, which is leading us towards the kind of events where we're going to give up our freedom and give up our prosperity by ourselves. We're going to say, here, government, please take it. Take it because I need your help. Tanner, can you find this uh, number five, the flames of conflict, and play this first link about Polish troops going to the Belarusian border? Thank you. Staying in the region, and Poland's military is redeploying more units closer to its border with Belarus. That's after reports of Russia's Wagner mercenary group training Belarusian soldiers in the area. People in Poland near the border said they could hear shooting and helicopters. Warsaw had already sent additional forces to boost security at the border with Belarus earlier this month. Poland's prime minister warned that Wagner's increasing presence in Belarus posed an ever-increasing threat to Poland and NATO. We strongly resist all provocations by Lukashenko and Belarus. But we know very well here that we must be vigilant. Above all, because Belarus and Russia are working hand-in-hand to destabilize Poland, to destabilize the eastern part of NATO and the eastern part of the European Union in an attempt to expose our weakness. For that reason, we will respond with toughness. For more, let's go to the Polish capital, Warsaw where we can talk to Michael Broniatowski, contributing editor at Politico Poland. Michael, it's nice to have you with us. Uh, People there 
on Poland's eastern border are clearly concerned about the buildup of Wagner troops in neighboring Belarus. How big a threat do these mercenaries really pose to Poland? Uh, none. Uh, I would say, you know, a few thousand uh, soldiers, even if, if they are uh, trained and, and, and so on, uh, using their only uh, light weapons, uh, because uh, Wagner appeared in, in Belarus without tanks and other um, strong uh, weapons. They, 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 they cannot be any kind of threat to Poland. They are used by Lukashenko mm. slash Putin to increase, uh, you know, uh, emotions uh, to create situation in which uh, which Putin loves, which means uh, doing uh, business from the position of, uh, I would say, excitement, international excitement. On the Polish side, of course, the there is another overreaction uh, because it's good for the government to to show off how how uh, brave and uh, and. Um, vigilant they are uh, for any threats against Poland. Uh, I would remind that Poland will have elections in three months, so this is understandable. If they're not a threat, which is what I, I, I hear you say, what's really going on here then? Why would Poland go to the trouble of moving all these troops? Well, it is not a trouble. You know, the government can can do it easily. Mm. Uh, but why do it? How why do troops it? Oh, as, as I said, they want to create uh, impression of them being uh, vigilant and uh, uh. defending the uh, the nation against the threats from from Russia. Uh, simultaneously, uh, it's a good idea for 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 Putin and Lukashenko to mm. create um, uh, threat and increase tension uh, on the border. It always helps them. Uh, they always, uh, whenever they have a conflict, it's important for 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 Russia, for Moscow, uh, to have um, increased emotions. While really on the ground, there is nothing uh, dangerous happening. Okay, that is uh, Michael Broniatowski, a journalist with Politico in Poland. Many thanks for your time. Thank you. It's kind of a thrill to uh, be interviewed on television and explain everything. And then the interviewer looks at you and goes, where are they doing it? And the guy kind of, you know, he was, he was cool about it. But, you know, if you're not going to listen to the answer and it's television, you're going to get the same answer again. It kind of reveals how vacuous some of these talking heads really are because the whole point of the interview was originally to answer the question. And his follow-up was, why? I just want to just highlight how dumb that interviewer was. Now, he might not be dumb. He might have been tired. He might have been distracted. Who knows why? But, I mean, that was some wasted airtime, and I could have edited it, edited it, but I left it there because we need to start to look at these talking heads that we watch on CNN and Fox. Well, I don't watch those places, but, I mean, if you're watching it, look at how dumb these people are. I mean, they're just dumb. And then that's where we're getting our news from, dumb media? No, we're truth-seeking media. 
I'm not saying I'm smart. I'm saying I'm looking for the truth, and I'm asking for your help to get there. Now, here's some truth. The Polish prime minister is saying, oh, this is a big threat. And this guy from Politico, Political Poland, Politico being one of the most liberal outlets in the United States, Politico, you look it up. He's saying it's not really a threat. Well, I don't know that it's not really a threat. The Poles and the Russians, since the year, let me get this right, since 1877, which as the crow flies, is not that long ago. I'm mixing my metaphors. I'm trying to get funny. It's the end of the podcast, after all. They fought 18 wars since 1877. So roughly in 150 years, they fought 18 wars. That's a lot of killing. The Poles and the Russians do not like each other. In fact, they hate each other. That's why they fought 18 wars. And Poland is really the aggressor here. That's why I suspect this political guy, this political political commentator who's also Polish. Because what they're looking at is a collapse of the Ukrainian government and the Ukrainian army. And what Poland's really looking at is occupying as much of the Ukraine as they can get away with because it's called the spoils of war. There's good farmland there. There's money to be made. There's pipelines and all kinds of infrastructure. So what's really going on here is these troop movements, they're playing around getting ready for the next phase of this whole thing. And what does that mean to you and me? What does that mean to you and me if they're actually talking about Wagner mercenaries in the Belarus getting to the Polish border and the Polish government bringing troops up in response? It means that things are escalating, escalating. The first moment this conflict breaks out of the Ukraine and involves any other NATO members, Ukraine is not a NATO member, Poland is, the Baltic states are, Germany is, as soon as anything happens that involves a NATO member, it triggers the NATO Mutual Defense Pact, and NATO will be at war with Russia, and not very long thereafter, I'm going to be watching my kids die. You're going to be watching your kids die, or you're just going to be dying by yourself, whatever the case may be. So again, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. The only reason that this war is going on is that we, the people, are passively accepting our government's support of this puppet regime run by the comedian Jelinski. Our government, that's we the people, we're passively allowing our government to financially support and militarily support the regime, not the democracy, not the republic, the regime of the comedian Jelinski who was installed by our State Department specifically for the purpose of creating this drama. So you got currency conferences going on. You got a rapprochement on the table between the globalists in China. What the hell is really going on here? I'm not supposed to think that any of this is related. 
But what I think's going on is that we're going to ask, we the people are going to ask, oh, please protect us. Oh, please give us the digital currency. We are going to actually go into the jail cell voluntarily because that's the only way they get us there because there's way more of us than there are of them. Going back to the Bible, not to wax biblical, and I'm not a Bible thumper, but you remember what happened to the Jews that left Egypt? They wandered in the Sinai Desert for 40 years so that every last one of them died off except for Caleb and Joshua because they had a slave consciousness. They wanted to be enslaved. Now, I don't want anybody to die. I want people to wake up. So please, let's get together on the strategy. I know you're waiting on us. And very shortly, I'm going to say, oh, here it is. We have an effective political strategy that works in all 50 states, but specifically here in Minnesota, and only because I'm here in Minnesota. Hey, if I was in Kentucky, this strategy would work in Kentucky. But I want to go a step further about our elites. We had Henry Kissinger on there. He was a teacher, a Ph.D. instructor at Harvard University. He had a student there we've talked about, and I know Royce has talked about him, Zygmunt Brzezinski. Zygmunt Brzezinski was the national security advisor under President Carter. This goes back a ways for some of you, like you weren't, a, you know, you weren't even around yet. But for me, I was there. And when I look around about Brzezinski, he's fenced as kind of a liberal, kind of an anti-war guy. Whoa, is that ever propaganda? I was there. This guy is a Polit, was born in Poland. His parents were Polish diplomats. He's a virulent anti-Soviet. 18 wars. 18 wars in 150 years. He's Polish. He hated the Russians. He really was an architect of the Russian defeat in Afghanistan and of the Russian failure to hold on to its empire in Eastern Europe. He was really, really fundamentally involved. And when I say really, really, he was the guy. He was the guy Kissinger sent into the bowel of the beast to go screw up the Russians, or in that time was the Soviet Union. And he had a long career, and he wrote a book, The Technotronic Age. He is an architect of globalism and technology set loose on we the people to control us. Don't like him. His daughter is Mika Brzezinski. She has a very prominent role on MSNBC every morning. She's on Morning Joel. And if you want to know what the globalists are thinking, just tune in to Mika. She'll tell you all about it. And where's his son? His son, Mark Brzezinski. Oh, I'm sorry to tell you. He's our current ambassador to Poland. This is how this elite thing works. So we got Henry Kissinger, taught at Harvard, one of his Ph.D. students, Brzezinski, Zygmunt Brzezinski. Kissinger was the national security advisor under Nixon and then secretary of state under Ford. He's the architect of globalism, operationalizing the strategy of the people that got the money. He was the guy that did the dirty work of coming up with the white papers to operationalize the strategy. He didn't have the money. He was making it work for the people that did have the money. And he had to proliferate his bench, so he created this Zygmunt Brzezinski, 
who became the national security advisor under Carter. And Zygmunt was a hawk on the Soviet Union, virulently anti-Russian, and he presided over the destruction of the Russian Empire. They don't like him so much in the Kremlin. And what's his son doing? His son, Mark Brzezinski, is the current U.S. ambassador under President Joe Biden to the very same Poland that's putting troops up on the Belarusian border. Get it? Do you feel scared? If you don't feel scared, you got to take a gut check. Maybe I'm not doing a good job. That's possible. You can say, Professor Penn, you didn't do a good job scaring me. I'm terrified. These people are all in on this together. There's nothing here accidental. We have a Brzezinski in Poland, by the way, as an attorney, which makes him a scribe or a Pharisee, possibly a hypocrite. He's in there wheedling to create a conflict between the Poles and the Russians. And we got a Polish prime minister who's part of the World Economic Forum who's all down with it. Start to do your own homework. Look this stuff up. Go back and get the guy's name and stick it in the Wikipedia and see if he shows up at World Economic Forum meetings. Those are the people with the money. Get with the research. Do your study. Do your prayer. And then you're going to start to have sleepless nights. You're going to have to go to ghost bed with me. Wasn't that a smooth pitch to the ghost bed people? Stay with us. We're going to sell some mattresses. Mark Brzezinski. Wow. Well, let me tell you what it's really all about. It's really about today making everybody in the United States poor. Because when we're poor, when we're poor, when we're poor, we're going to ask for the universal basic income, the little bit of global digital currency that they're going to give us every month so we don't starve to death. And, of course, if we don't do what they tell us to do, they're going to turn that currency to the off position, and we are going to starve to death. That's why it's tyranny. And right now what they're really working on is killing small business for two reasons. Guys like me that own small businesses, we're tough to control. We create our own worlds because that's what we thought the country was all about. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unalienable rights granted to me by God. I, you know, I thank God I live in the United States of America. Who are these people that are trying to take away my unalienable rights? They want to control me. They don't want me talking to you. So what I'm doing and what Royce is doing takes a little bravery. And we hope that that bravery, that courage can spread out and you'll have the courage to talk to all the people you know. But they want me broke. And how are they doing it? They're messing with the system. They're doing it intentionally. They're breaking the small business community through interest rate increases, which makes it impossible for us to carry our inventory because the interest rate's too high. So we bring our inventory levels down. Oh, and then they're going to have a supply chain crisis. And we're all going to run out of stock and we're all going to go out of business. Okay, we're going to go out of business. Hey, we're risk takers. You know, I have a lot of people working for me. When I fail, people just like you lose their jobs. Oh, employment's great. The economy's great. That's what you're hearing over and over again. Let me tell you how people go broke very slowly and then all at once. That's what your country is doing. Your country seems fine. Oh, the stock market's up. 
There's plenty of money, right? That's all BS. They're BSing us because what they're doing is, is they're breaking the small business backbone of this economy. And when you break the small business people, you've broken the patriot economy. And when you've broken the patriot economy, you've broken truth media because there's nobody there. There's nobody left to fund it. So please, if you're hearing what I'm saying, support the patriot economy in every purchase that you make. Go to our sponsors, TireGet.com, GhostBed.com, MyBookie.com. Put a little skin in the game. Help Truth Media survive. I know I'm getting down hard on it today, but they're trying to break us. And when they break us, hey, you know what? What's going to happen to the American people when nobody stands up to tell the truth? If nobody's working against the long con, if nobody's going to help the marks, that's me, figure out that we're getting scammed, that we're getting conned. The con's going to go through. We're going to give up our prosperity and our freedom in the name of the environment and social equity, and we're going to close the prison door on ourselves, and then we're going to go, oh, my gosh, I'm in prison. And then you know what they're going to do to us? you got to see it for yourself. Go read what the WHO thinks about population control. Go read it for yourself. Put it in World Health Organization and read all their white papers on population. And when you've done that, go to TireGet. Go to GhostBed, go to my bookie, and put a little money in so that Truth Media can stay in business. Because, boy, if we don't undo this long con, we are federally bleeped. And why am I not swearing? Because we're going to go mainstream. We're going to make it easy for you to be an editor. You're going to have a ton of content, and you're going to have the responsibility of taking this content and sending it out to everybody. Now, we know you like listening for an hour and a half. Not everybody has your fantastic attention span. We're going to give it to them in one-minute doses. And if they like it, they can join the community. And you're going to be the person that's going to be sending it out. You're going to be the distributor, the dealer. And we're coming with that really soon. And let me tell you how great this works, this strategy. You know, I'm on the... Senate District 45, basic political operating unit of the Minnesota Republican Party. And I'm an ardent nationalist who believes in the borders of the United States of America, who believes in the health and well-being of the American people. I don't want to see any money wasted on killing anybody. I want to make sure every dollar counts. I want every policy to support my neighbors. I want to organize my neighborhood. And guess what? The party doesn't want me organizing my neighborhood. That's why we have the the four stooges. Remember the four stooges? Mr. We don't do that here. Mr. History doesn't matter. Mr. We don't need any more Republicans. In other words, don't community organize. And Mrs. We don't need to protect our children. The four stooges. Well, guess what happened? One of the stooges resigned off my committee. He had enough of me fighting him. He had enough because he knew he couldn't argue with me. He didn't want to. He had better things to do. Maybe he was redeployed into other activities, which is my personal guess. But when he left, and we played the thing a couple weeks ago about the wicked witch was dead, 
all these globalists and all these anti-God people on my committee resigned in mass. Six of them resigned. That's politics. Do you understand what I'm trying to share? I'm trying to make this understandable. This is the way we win. We win by making the people that don't agree with us give up because it's a conflict. It's not going to be a negotiated settlement. One side's going to win or the other side's going to win, and the side that wins is going to dictate terms about the future of America. Now, if we get into a position where we can negotiate, of course I'm for negotiation. Everything has to take everybody's feelings and thinking into account because, of course, we're all American citizens. And there's something to be said for globalism if it's done with the well-being of American citizens in mind. But when it's done with only the elite benefit in mind, and it's to set up global governance in a global central bank digital currency regime, which removes my freedom, oh, no, we're against it. We're just against it. And, you know, I'm against it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And on my committee, which is important because tens of thousands of people live in my backyard. It's my neighborhood. I Really, there's a lot of people in my area. And the only thing they're going to hear now is that I and all the people that are left in the party in my area are concerned for their physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. That's all they're going to hear. How can we help you with your well-being? They're going to like it. All these people quit. They gave up. And you know, it really wasn't that hard. It really wasn't that hard to get them to give up. They gave up and they went away. And now on our committee, we only have American people that believe in the sovereignty of the nation, the United States of America, and of the well-being for the people that live in our district. We won. Of course, they're not going to like me saying this, who knows, maybe they'll try to get back on. I'm not going to let them. They've resigned. They have resigned, and God bless them, and may they find something to do that does not screw up this beautiful country, because they all represented the status quo and the uni party and the war and the the degradation of the American people that comes from policies that is unconcerned about human well-being. They didn't want any more Professor Penn. It wasn't that hard for me, and it's not that hard for you. Do you know what I did? I just simply joined my party and made friends with a bunch of people that joined my committee, and we won. So for the people on my committee that are watching this, thank you for your support. Look what we've accomplished together in such a short period of time. How many more committees can we encourage to take that kind of very loving, listening, but firm stance where we're fighting for this country in the most constitutional and appropriate ways with beautiful oratory and beautiful composition? These people just can't hang. They can't argue with Professor Penn. They know they can't hang. They gave up. Wow, thank God for our victory. I thank the one true living God 
for giving me this victory and for all the people on my committee that joined with me so that we'd have this victory together. It's truly miraculous to me. In fact, I was talking to somebody on another committee. He said to me, are you sure? Are you sure this happened? Because these people don't give up, right? They're on the payroll. They don't give up. But my people gave up, and now we're on to the next committee and the next committee and the next committee until we have Minnesota set up for a 70% constituency of American citizens that believe in every policy contributing to the well-being of American citizens. And what do we have to do? We have to go to precinctstrategy.com and get in the game of politics to win. So, Tanner, will you take us out with Royce's great commercial? I want to thank you for joining. Please call me crazy. I look forward to seeing you soon again. Go over to Professor Penn Podcast. Maybe I'll be a little more eloquent. It's first thing Monday morning. Please forgive me. I got a case of mumble mouth today, but it's been great to be here. And I'm actually ending on a high because we actually won something. And in this world, to win something, wow, thank God. Tanner, take us on out. Marxism is everywhere. It is all around us. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when others are too afraid to speak their mind. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. I offer you a choice, a choice between two worlds. Take the blue pill and continue living in the world of complacency and indifference. Or take the red pill. Join us in a world where patriots come together to fight for freedom. What the elites don't want you to know is that there are 200,000 open committee man seats in the Republican Party. These party members are the ones who determine the future of the GOP. The precinct strategy will teach you what it takes to help elect America first candidates who share your love of country and a vision for a better America. Will you take the blue pill and continue living in a world where a corrupt few control everything? Or will you take the red pill and join us? Let's take our country back one precinct at a time. Choose wisely. Your future depends on it. Sign up at precinctstrategy.com now.